0: Hello everyone and welcome to the In The Saddle podcast. My name is Chris Loder and I am joined by Liz Batchelor as we'll be previewing the weekend racing at Haydock York and we'll also as well have a look at the Curra. We have no Katie this week but um, she has given me a few selections. She's actually rocking it out in Amsterdam at a Bruce Springsteen concert so yeah uh, apologies uh, on her behalf but hopefully she's having a good time uh but before we get into the racing Liz, how are things with yourself are you in good form at the moment
1: yes i'm okay hit and miss like probably everybody um it's still early doors on the flat season isn't it i don't know when i can stop saying that to be honest but uh, i found a couple of winners and a couple of losers so you know 50 50.
0: yeah phone a friend um yeah ask the audience I'm yeah the audience. yeah i think that's what we need to do i think we probably need to be asking the listeners because i think uh, i think we'll be lucky to to find one between us but uh we'll, we'll give it give it a shot so um the first race we're going to look at this week is the 150 at haydock it's a two mile handicap it's the bet. Fred TV, hellnut Candy Clap, uh, Class 2 Contest, and Kazola is your favourite at 7-4. We've then got Laura the Sea at 3-1, First Man, the Irish Raider for Tony Martin at 7s, the Max Weekend at 15-2, Mountain Road at 8-1, solon Gateway at 12s, and Rasheen is the outsider at 33 to 1. Um Liz, I'll come to you here first. Um Kazola uh is looking for the four-timer, currently a seven to four shot. Uh, Do you think she's going to get the job done here?
1: I think so. We're obviously straight into a handicap where seven only seven are declared and I don't have a particularly strong fancy or one that I would particularly have a bet on. Um, I did look at top weight Rashoon He is on his last winning mark of 101, but he hasn't displayed very much form recently. And I think he's the rank outsider as well. Um, Mountain Road finished last season off in some good style, including a Class 2 at Chelmsford on the All-Weather. Law of the Sea finished a very good fourth in Chester Cup two weeks ago at a big price and was denied a clear run. But I think favourite Kazola just nicks this, who is looking for a four-timer with a step up in class. Um, so who knows is probably what I'm trying to say. <laughs>
0: I'm actually probably going to um, stay with you there, with the favourite, Cazorla. I thought she could be quite hard to beat. Uh, she did it impressively last time at Doncaster. Okay, it was only a four-runner field. The ground could be a little bit of a question mark. It was on soft ground last time out, but I think she is heading in the right direction. And I think if she was to win this, I wouldn't be at all surprised to see her maybe pitching up in a, in a listed race or a Group 3 uh, later down the line. She was actually entered in the Group 3 that we're going to preview at York a little bit later in the podcast. So they've obviously come in they think it's a more winnable opportunity and why not she's off a mark of 91 she's 74 currently i could see it maybe going off a, a little bit of a shorter price so i think a lot of punters might want to get stuck into her uh, for the Maltese um in the 150 at haydock then so we're both tentatively going for Kazola. so the next race we're going to look at is the 225 it's the betfred silver bowl handicap um class two contest again over a mile, a lot of unexposed three-year-olds in here uh, that could be open to uh, any amount of progression. Covey is your favourite, three to one. We We've then got Jinsedan at thirteen to two. Defensive thought seven to one. Royal Cape seven to one. James McHenry eights, and bigger are the rest. Liz, Covey uh, um, is a fascinating runner. He's going for the hat trick. Um, Frankie, John, and Fady Gosden, all teaming up in the Juddmonte colours. Um, a lot ticks the right boxes there. Um, do we think he's going to take the beating here?
1: Yeah, I think so. You say Covey, I say Covey. Um, <laughs> he's out of Frankel, and his dam was who was unraced, is related to a one mile -mile listed winner and was granddaughter of the Queen Mary winner, Princess Athena. I think his last race at the start of May at Newcastle in a class five on the all-weather was uber impressive, finishing in a canter. And his first race, he had finished second behind Zoology, who has just come fourth in the Group 3 Greenham Stakes at Newbury. So there's potentially a bit of form there. But with Frankie on board, I think he'll go well in this. Yeah,
0: I don't mean to sound boring, but I do think he's the most likely winner. I think 90 could be a good mark for him. If he was to win this, he could potentially run in a race like the Britannia Handicap at Royal Ascot. I think he speaks volumes, that Frankie is riding him. Obviously, he's gone up there for a few rides, but I do think Covey is uh, one of their better chances, and the Yard have been amongst the winners of late. I thought Gincident was interesting. I thought that was a good race he won last time out. Royal Cape and James McHenry are slightly interesting as well. Been in good form of late. But just thought Covey, if there's a horse in here that could maybe develop into the old cliche group horse in the handicap, it could well be him. So for me, I'm going to agree with Liz there. We then move on to the three o'clock at Haydock for the Betfred Nifty uh, 50 Sandy Lane Stakes, a group two contest. Um, Katie, this is one of our selections, Little Big Bear. She's a massive fan of the horse. Um, she says that you got to forgive him last time out. The ground was against him. Probably wasn't ever really going to get a mile. Um, back down in trip, back into sprinting company. Frankie aboard. He's the best horse on the race on ratings. Katie is really keen on his chances of bouncing back. He's currently 15-8. to 8. We've then got Brad Sell at 7-2, to 2, Cold Case at 5, Aldecem at 15-2, to 2, and Bigger are the rest. Uh, Liz, Katie really likes Little Big Beth for this race. Are we going to make it another favourite on the podcast?
1: I'm afraid I am. Um, I think we really need to forgive and forget his 2,000 guineas display where he didn't show any of his previous good form. It was reported he finished lame and he did pull very hard from the get-go. But his form before this was so good. Um, The group won Phoenix Stakes at the Curragh, beating Persian Force by seven lengths. And the second favourite in this race, Bradsill, finished back in fourth. He really should be back on song, and I hope to see him back to his best.
0: Okay, um a strong vote there for little big bear from Liz as well of advocating Katie's opinion. I am probably just gonna make it a full house for Little Big Bear. I think he's clear on ratings, he's ten pound uh, better than Bradsell on ratings. I do think he is the most likely winner if he could bounce back. Bradsell, I'm not so sure about him. I think maybe um he probably just needed the run last time out, and I'm just wondering if he was just a sharp two year old that might not completely train on cold case have to respect him his form has got a good look to it i thought if there was one that could maybe outrun their odds maybe maybe finish um second or third we've got the three places here from an each way perspective i thought mill stream was interesting for jane Hyam. her yard have been going on quite nicely of late um had some good form finished fourth behind uh, uh 2000 guineas winner uh, chowdean when he was last seen uh, 283 days ago i just thought he was maybe a little bit overpriced and he could be uh, doing his best work later on I thought he was interesting over this kind of trip so just uh, one there uh, away from the favourite if you wanted to maybe back one a slightly bigger price. We then move on to the feature race at Haydock. It's the 3:30. It's the Betfred Temple Stakes, a Group Two contest, and we're going to see the return here of the Platinum Queen, who's changed ownership and trained sta- and changed stables to Roger Varian. But Holly Doyle is back on board. Um, she is the favourite, seven to two. We then got dramatized at eleven to two, along with Twilight Cools. Royal Claim at thirteen to two. Living the Dream nine to one. Happy Romance at fourteen. Bigger are the rest. Liz, I thought this was quite a tricky race. Um, We've got horses here making their seasonal reappearance. We've got some that have been in good form, some that need to improve after maybe a below-pass seasonal uh, debut. A little bit of, I would maybe say, a a rogues gallery of sprinters here. Um, Who did you like?
1: Yeah, so this is, I think this is very competitive and the Platinum Queen is back, um, who had an incredible season last year, second in the Nunthorpe, second in the Flying Childers Stakes and winning the Group 1 Prix de l'Abbé at Longchamp, which I saw her do. Um, She went to the Breeders' Cup after that, didn't show her usual performance where she was well held, but she is very classy, gets a filly's allowance and I'd love to see her win this.
0: Okay, uh, a vote then for the Platinum Queen, from Liz. Katie was quite keen on the chances of happy romance. I can see why. She won a listed race above. She's actually got some good form next to her name at this track as well. She finished fourth in the Haydock Sprint Cup a couple of years ago. Um, I think she is a little bit overpriced at 14 to 1, so I wouldn't put you off her at all if you wanted to uh, back one uh, each way. However, I'm going to give a claim a chance. I think she's really interesting um, here. She kind of... Burst on the scene last year for James Tate. Um, went through the grades, novice listed. She was then sent off for five to two favourite for um, for the Nunford you know, I think maybe that race just came a little bit early for her at this stage of her career career at the time but I think now she's a four year old, she can go well fresh James Tate's horses have been growing really well Neil Callan as well has been absolutely mustered so far when riding for him this season, I just thought she was an interesting contender, she gets the Phillies allowance, I think she could be uh, open to maybe so, uh, some progression this season and she won't mind the quick ground either I think she is a really fast fascinating contender so um, that is the main races at Haydock we've covered we're now going to move over to York where we're going to talk about their feature next it's the 3:15 it's the William Hill Brontë Cup philly stakes it's a group 3 contest over a mile and 6 and Mimiku is your favourite at 6 to 5 we've then got River of Stars at 5 to 1 c C4less at 6 uh, Alarus at 11 to 2 one evening at 11 to 2 Bigger are the rest. Uh, Liz Mimiku is um, head and shoulders above her rivals here uh, in the rating. She's got a rating of 112. Do we think her class will prevail?
1: Yeah, well, though I think this is trickier than, than that as being as straightforward as that. N- none showing any particularly outstanding form um but i do like mimic you of john and tady cosden's but i'm questioning the ground she probably likes it a bit softer perhaps but a win in the group two park here with a hood fitted kept her on the straight and narrow seemed to work wonders and she's fitted with it again she didn't get into the race at all on champions day at Ascot in october over one mile four but i think a bold big could be forecast
0: Okay, maybe just a tentative vote for the favorite. Um, I'm actually gonna put one up here each way. Um I'm gonna forgive our latest run, and that is Alaro for Jim Crowley and Harry Eustace. Harry Eustace has been going great guns in uh, the last uh, few weeks. He's operating at a thirty five percent strike rate at the time. Of recording This horse is actually quite interesting trained. Uh, previously by Kevin Prendergast over in Ireland. Had some good form over there, but it's now switched to Harry Eustace. And he wouldn't have too many. I think it's actually his first runner with Shabwell, But this horse was smashed off the boards last time at Goodwood. I think she opened a double-figure price. I think she was around about uh, 10 to 1 when the, the prices opened. And she went off uh, 7 to 2. She was well uh, found in the market that day. And Connections were obviously confident of a good run. But I just think maybe the ground might have been against her. She's actually from the family of Mad Moon who finished second in the derby behind Anthony Van Dijk in 2019 I just think this better ground could maybe bring out a little bit more improvement um, for her. and she's a double figure price if the ground does uh, hold the key to her I think she's overpriced Mad Moon like I say he handled the ground okay he, he, he was ran all his best races on quicker ground so I think that is, a, that is an interesting angle here and I just think the rest of the fillies are, are deadwood I think if there's a horse that could maybe to develop into this kind of grade. I think it could be Alaru, still only a four-year-old, and it's interesting that Jim Crowley is riding there. So for me, I'm going to take a chance on her. So we're now going to move over to Ireland for the big race of the day it's the 3.40 at the current, it's the Thatterstool's Irish 2,000 Guineas I'm um, Royal Scotsman is looking to uh, build on the promising run of his third in the English 2,000 Guineas, he's currently 2-1 to favourite, we then got High Royal who ran a blinder at big price, he's 9-2 for Ken Ryan, we've then got uh, the, the first string of Bally Doyle Paddington here at 5-1, Katie's gone for Paddington, she thinks that he can take another step forward. We then got Proud and Regal at seven to one, Cairo at twelve to one, Gallaron at twelve, Sharon at twenties, and bigger are the rest. Um, Liz, this looks like a little bit of a rematch uh, in in the two, from the two thousand guineas uh, over at Newmarket earlier this month. Do we think it's going to revolve around them, or do we think maybe some of the Irish challengers uh, maybe uh, hold the cards?
1: I think it's going to revolve around the British, to be honest. Um, I mean, This is a race won by Aidan O'Brien so many times, 11 to be exact, but surprisingly not in the past five years. And I have a feeling this will be six after Saturday. Um, My hopes are firmly on Royal Scotsman, who has been supplemented for this race after a good third in the English equivalent just three weeks ago, where he probably didn't get the ground he wanted. It was soft, he clipped heels. He was also the only horse with a double-figured draw to finish in the top six. Um, His trainer was very upbeat, on his chances earlier on in the week. Uh, Jamie Spencer takes the ride as Jim Crowley is unavailable. Um, And I just think he'll do the business. But I think, is it a weak Irish 2000 guineas? I'd probably say so.
0: Yeah, I think this is definitely a winnable opportunity for Royal Scotsman. I think it's a good bit of placing by connections. I think some of this form, like you say, uh, last time out and also when he finished second in the Dewhurst is arguably right up there with the best uh, best in here. He's clearer on ratings. Paddington I do respect but um, I would be concerned if the ground continued to dry out. A lot of his uh, form so far this season has been with a little bit of juice in the ground so that would be a concern She's, and he's actually drifted in the bettings. So for me I do think that is a, a slight negative. Jamie Spencer has actually won this race over over a few times during his career I think he won it for Phoenix of Spain if I remember a few years ago when he, uh, trained by Charlie Hill so I do think Royal Scotsman 2-1 I don't think that's a bad price at all I think uh, yeah I think he's got a good chance there so yeah agreement with Liz we've tipped up a lot of favourites on the podcast this week but I do think he'll get the job done in the big race on Saturday over at the Curra. Uh, Liz is there anything else to report um, from you this weekend any other horses that caught your
1: eye no I might take a look closer to the time, um, but nothing for me at this point in time.
0: Okay, so maybe just keep an eye out on Liz's Twitter feed if she fancies anything else over the weekend. Um, I just had a couple that um, I wanted to mention. I had one for you at um, Chester in the 405. I thought uh, Percy's Lad was interesting for Ben, Curtis and Dannon. Claire Kubler. Uh, was a good run last time out on seasonal reappearance. Finished uh, third at uh, the Chester um, Boodles meet in behind Revage. Uh, races off the same mark here of 98. I just think he doesn't really want the ground that deep. I think he'll prefer the quicker surface. He's got a good draw from stool 3. If he can be ridden handily, I thought uh, he would probably take the beat in there. And I thought arguably it was a little bit of a weaker race than when he was previously seen. Um, a few weeks ago and then um another horse i just wanted to mention as well at york in the 240 mundum uh an old friend um always runs on in these big field handicaps i thought he was interesting i thought he bounced back to form last time out when he finished fourth uh at the dante meeting he's actually been dropped two pounds for that uh, run. so um yeah i think he's starting to become well handicapped he's got form like I say over the course and distance the ground shouldn't be a problem they'll probably go hard here and i think from still two he'll be played late and i wouldn't be at all surprised to see him maybe pick up the pieces so that's just a couple of other selections to watch out for this weekend so thanks again Uh, to Liz for giving up her time. Hopefully we've pointed you in the direction of some winners this weekend. Also as well, thanks to Katie for sending in her selection. She'll be back next week where we'll be previewing the Oaks and the Derby. But in the meantime, please remember to subscribe to us on all the socials. We're available on uh, Twitter and Instagram. You can follow us on all the major podcast platforms as well, uh, Apple, Spotify and SoundCloud. Please remember to gamble responsibly and we'll be seeing you again soon.